And welcome to Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick with a special Labor Day edition of Hardline. Listen, uh, I've got uh, Richard Lipsitz here. L- Richard is the uh, president of the Western New York Area Labor Federation. I've invited him to be here co-host, mainly because I'm a lazy person and he agreed to line up all my guests. So we've got, in the, in, in the two-hour show, we'll, we'll have three guests uh, joining us at, at some point in time. Deb Hayes from the CWA, that's the Communication Workers of America. Uh, from the Steelworkers, Jim Briggs, he'll be joining us by phone a little bit later. And then from the Teachers Union, nice set, uh, uh, Mike Dealey. So should be a good, good show. Richard, uh, welcome back to the program. You've been here before. Your co-host, I know you're a little bit nervous about this this new role because, uh, as I told you earlier, you know, with these guests, we're going to be playing good cop, bad cop, and you're going to have to be the bad cop and ask them the tough questions. I'm sure you've well, we'll asked see, them. T- we'll see about that, Kevin. I, uh, I'm, I'm not that nervous, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this. All right, all right. Well, that's good. Listen, um, tomorrow is a uh, is a huge day for you. It's uh, it's Labor Day. You know, I I grew up in Binghamton, New York. And my father was uh, uh, president of a local uh, IBEW, so Labor Day was big for us. But I can never remember in Binghamton there being a Labor Day parade. Now, maybe there was one, but it certainly wasn't, wasn't a big deal. And I don't think I've ever been to a Labor Day parade, but you've got one here tomorrow. Is, how, how big of an event is that, not just for you, but for the community? It's a big, it's a big event on our calendar for sure, and, and um, it's a tradition that goes uh, back a long way. Um, we revived it about five or six years ago. We moved it from where it was uh, being held out in Chictawaga, where, frankly, there just weren't that many people on the, on the sidewalk, and uh, the park was not centrally located the way that Casanova is. So we moved it down to uh, South Buffalo, and we start at the Irish Center. Uh, we walk from there down Abbott Road uh, to Casanova Park. And um, we have in our parade about 5,000 participants, it's, we estimate about five, 6,000 people actually are on the sidewalk uh, from the beginning of the parade to Casanova Park. And then once we're in the park, we have a, a picnic, and the picnic is a, is a popular event as well. So, so it's, it's become a tradition for us, and it's the second biggest Labor Day parade well, in New York State. Well, what, is a, what does a Labor Day picnic look like? I mean, I mean, there, there, not a lot of bands, right? Actually, there, there, will there be are. A band. Oh yeah, there'll be a band. There are bands and floats and things. Oh, no, we, yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we, we take this parade seriously. Uh, we have a couple social events on our calendar. One of which is um, uh, the Labor Day parade. The other is uh, our annual dinner, and we we take these events seriously. We think that the men and women uh, who work in the labor movement, who are activists in the labor movement, work awfully hard. Uh, they do work that nobody else does in society. They, they participate in, this, in the uh, defending economic rights, uh, living standards and working conditions from tens of thousands of ordinary people in our community. And uh, for us to um, organize first a dinner to honor mm-hmm. one of our own and then a parade where we also honor one, of, one or two of our own uh, is an important event. And we like it to be a relaxed uh, and, frankly, a fun event. And, and I think we've accomplished that. Just tuning in, we're talking to Richard Lipsitz. Richard is the uh, president of the Western New York Labor, uh, I'm sorry, Area Labor Federation. Uh, you know, uh, so so this Labor Day parade, are there going to be a lot of people on, on, the, on the sides or are there just going to oh, be yeah, a lot of people we, marching? No, no, we, we have, uh, we, we estimate several thousand people watch us as we go down Abbott Road and we uh, turn in, I can't remember the street, I think it's North Legion, into the park. Uh, and if the past few years are any, uh, any uh, measure, 
there it's not it's not tens of thousands, mm-hmm. but it's thousands of people. Now, now you were telling me you have a press event uh, just prior to this. Yeah, eleven o'clock tomorrow. Well, first of all, many of our Labor Days we do not have any kind of press event uh, to kick off the the uh, parade. Uh, tomorrow we will, and we have done this before, when we think something is uh, of enough importance. Uh, our theme is Union Strong, and uh, to exhibit that, uh, we're going to uh, release tomorrow a report from the Workers' Rights mm-hmm. Board uh, of the Coalition for Economic Justice on the struggle of the Wentz workers uh, in uh, Chictawaga to um, find a, con- a first contract. Okay. Listen, we have to take a quick break now, but when we return, we'll be back with Richard Lipsitz. Uh, Richard is the Western New York Area Labor Federation. We'll be joined by uh, some other labor leaders in uh, later today in this uh, special Labor Day edition, uh, weekend edition of Hardline. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick here, sitting here on this Labor Day edition, uh, Labor Day weekend edition with uh, Richard Lipsitz. Richard, before the break, we were talking about the uh, uh, parade tomorrow. Right. Uh, what were the details of that? Right. Um, well, I, I said we're going to start with a, um, pr- a press conference at 11 o'clock about the Wentz workers and their struggle to get a first contract. That will be out in front of the um, Irish Center. Mm-hmm. At um, 12 o'clock, the parade will actually uh, embark, and uh, with the two parade marshals at the front, uh, Stephanie Beasley and uh, David Chuddy from the from the uh, Public Employee Federation, mm-hmm. they're being honored for their work in saving the Child Psychiatric Center in West Seneca. That was huge, by the way. That was something that not only the labor movement had a had a big stake in. That was good for the community. I think so. I think we try to find. Uh, not, not that the labor movement, by the way, isn't generally good for the community. I didn't want to imply that. <laughs> I was about that. to say that. But, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I did. That was not, that, not a, 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 a veiled insult. No, I understand that. It wasn't uh, damning by faint praise. <laughs> it was not like, wow, the labor movement finally did something for the rest of us. No, um, it, it, this was a struggle that we took up uh, about five years ago uh, on behalf uh, and at the uh, encouragement, not just of the uh, PEF, mm-hmm. of the Public Employee Federation, but also uh, by the... Uh, parents groups and uh, uh, advocacy group uh, out in West Seneca. And we took it up and we took it seriously. And after about a four and a half year struggle, uh, that place has now been secured as it was for children who have psychiatric uh, issues. And it's a beautiful setting. It's one which we think actually um, helps these children. So so the parade starts at the Irish Center. Which way does it go? It it, it starts at the Irish Center, 12 noon. We walk south on Abbott Road to Legion Drive. We turn left. Then we turn right into the park. It's about a mile and uh, two-fifths of walking. And at the park, then, there's a, um, a gathering, a celebration uh, of Labor Day with hot dogs and hamburgers and, and the like. Wow. And if, if someone wants to go to this, uh, can they get free hot dogs? Well, <laughs> or do they have to present a union card no, or what? No, they don't have to present a union card. We don't do I, I don't want to like get that. you in trouble we here. We don't do anything like that. On the other hand, uh, it is, a, a, it is a, 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 an event that's mainly set for... Uh, the rank-and-file activists of our labor movement as a way of thanking them for their hard work during the year. Do you get many politicians at this? Of course. More Democrats than Republicans, probably. Uh, more, but uh, there are quite a few Republicans who show up. Hey, uh, has it been a—is is this uh, a Labor Day parade this year 
especially important because the labor movement really hasn't had a great year. I mean, it's not for lack of trying, right. but you've got the Janus decision, which we'll talk with Mike Dealey of the teachers union about later coming out from the mm -hmm. Supreme Court. That hurt. I mean, just a lot of stuff that the the president is doing isn't uh, isn't well, necessarily the, feeding into the the labor uh, labor union's agenda. That's correct. And uh, Janice being the most outstanding uh, negative uh, event in the last year, uh, but we've had concerns ever since the campaign of sixteen when um, Donald Trump was running for office, and we think that those some of those concerns are now being borne out in a very stark fashion. Not the least of which is uh, the uh, appointment of lots of uh, justices to federal court benches who are virulently anti-union, who um, uh, we are quite concerned will uh, overthrow or stop certain labor guarantees that we've had mm -hmm. for, for, for decades. Uh, and this whole question of uh, the defense of, of dem democracy with a small d, not the Democratic Party with a big D, democracy and democratic rights. We're very concerned about the direction that uh, this president has taken the country. Will we see any of that uh, uh, exhibited tomorrow in the no. uh, Labor Day parade? I mean, there won't be a float with a with a with a political message on it. Will it's, there or will there? Well, our, our our theme for the parade is Union Strong, mm -hmm. and uh, that is to celebrate the unions and their role in society as defenders of living standards and working conditions for not just their own members, but the spillover for tens of thousands of other workers in this community and millions across the country. Uh, it is not overtly a political event. We, it's not a it's not a so and so for Congress event. However, we we do not tell people they can't bring slogans and and say what they want to in the parade route. Um, so you may have some you may have some political candidates there. They uh, undoubtedly there will be, and uh, and they're welcome. Um, we're we we're not afraid of these discussions. What uh, uh, tell me more about the uh, the Western New York Area Labor Federation? I mean, um, how how far do you go? What's it, where, a, where is Western New York? Is it eight counties that we normally think it's of? A seven, it's seven. seven counties. Let's just let's uh, seven. It's um, the largest labor federation in New York State outside of New York City. Obviously, it's about one hundred and forty-five individual unions and about 140,000 individual union members represented in those, in those unions. Our federation is not a union, per se. It's mm -hmm. a federation of unions. Uh, the, the executive board of the Western New York Area Labor Federation, AFL-CIO, does not have individual members. It has affiliates. The affiliates have individual members. So people always ask uh, me or, or other officers, how many members do you have? We have 145, in fact. They have... When, when, they have the 140,000 unions. That's yes. correct. And um, the distinction is an important one because we don't run it as a, a local union. Uh, we don't bargain contracts. Mm -hmm. we, we, don't, uh, we don't service contracts. We help unions when they're having trouble getting a new contract, i.e. if there's a strike or there's tough negotiations. We help unions that, that ask for help in uh, campaigns that are beyond the typical um, negotiation campaigns. Uh, for example, we did something with Catholic Health uh, a couple years ago. We helped the uh, ATU, the uh, bus drivers, and their, mm -hmm. their struggle for a new contract. Well, is that what the Went thing is now? That's exactly what the Went thing is. Went, Wentz is an example of a, of a union that wins an election a year and three months ago uh, overwhelmingly. Well, well no, back, back up for our listeners. Mm -hmm. When you say wins an election, oh, win, wins, wins an election, election to be represented. That's correct. It's a they were non-union, now they're union, and the election was the members— of the 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 P 
people in the company, the employees, voted to be represented rather than continue it, to be it, non-union. You're exactly correct. The, the, the Wentz Corporation does not have a labor agreement in place yet. What it has and it's facing is a certification election through the National Labor Relations Board, which gives the right to the iron workers, number uh, 576, to represent them, those workers, about 40 people, in collective bargaining. And they voted in favor of that. They voted, I think, 38 to 2 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and and my, my numbers may be off. Maybe it's 28 to 2, but it was a pretty lopsided, lopsided vote. And they've been uh, negotiating with the company for the last year and three months, and they, not, not, they do not yet have a ratified collective bargaining agreement. Is that unusual for a first-time contract? Uh, the average is not – it's longer than the average. That does not mean mm-hmm. it's un- – that does not mean it's unusual. It's not like it's never happened before. We've had, we've had bona fide labor uh, uh, contracts uh, uh, in sp- specific companies that sometimes go over even longer than that. The Buffalo teachers didn't have a contract for 12 and a half years, sure. for example. But, uh, but for a first-time contract, it is relatively unusual but not unheard of. You know, is the, the Went uh, um, case unusual in that uh, in that you have a group today in 2018 or it was 2017 when they when they voted right. to be represented That's right. going from non-union to union do you find more people going in the opposite direction no no no, no. The, the obama i, I, I mean no. I'm, I'm i'm thinking and again if, forgive my ignorance i'm thinking <laughs> that the the tendency appears to me to be more people getting out of unions, unions the numbers, losing their The numbers grasp. in the last couple of years haven't shown that. Now, okay. now, I'm not a fool. We had at our, at our height uh, about 33% of the American workforce. But that you've got to go back to the, to the 50s and early 60s to see that number. The number has been declining. Uh, it declined precipitously uh, from about 1990 until about 2010. There was a slight uptick in the final term of uh, uh, Barack Obama. Today, it's about 11% in total across the country. So it, is, it has declined. But if you say to me, if you say rather, if you look in the last year or so, there's actually been an increase in raw numbers. The percentage went up about 1% under Obama. Has the balance shifted from private sector to public sector? Obviously, public sector... You know, unions are everywhere, and they seem to be thriving. Well, they, they, this is where, Jan- but, but, this but is where Janice sector, comes in, too. This is where yeah. Janice comes in. But, um, well, that's true. Yes. That's, no, this is right. Yeah, no, now, you're right. I, what I can speak to, Kevin, is that our Labor Federation in Western New York uh, has a higher percentage of private employees, people working in private industry of all kinds, warehousing, trucking, industrial manufacturing, uh, health care, uh, by about four uh, percent over public, so we we break down about fifty two percent private and about forty eight percent public, which is different than some parts of the country mm-hmm. where it's now majority public sector. There's no that part I'm, I'm clear on. Well, Western New York has always been a hotbed for for we, unions. That's right, and we still it's your exactly. I mean, I mean, right. again, I go back to growing up in Binghamton and and where we began the show. I said I never remember a Labor Day parade there. Right. Columbus Day parade was big, right. uh, but Labor Day not so much. Uh, but the big uh, big employer in the Binghamton area when I was growing up was IBM, and IBM was you know they were they well, were anti-union, just, or they were non-union. Just take Buffalo and Rochester as two examples. Buffalo still has about twenty-four percent of the workforce in our region is union, 
that's higher than almost any place in the country. We're in the top, people ask me all the time, I don't know the exact, we're in the top, certainly top 10 urban, major urban centers for percentages of union members. Now, obviously, that's not as many union members as New York or Los Angeles, Chicago, Philadelphia, but percentage-wise, we're in the same boat as they are, about 20, 23 to 25%. We, we, we've talked before on this show when you were, you were here previously about the way the uh, union movement has evolved. And it's more than just, you know, union members and securing contracts. I mean, you have other interests. Uh, one of them is, uh, is a stake in the environment, yes? Yeah, oh, sure. We, we want to see a transition from uh, fossil fuels over to renewables that doesn't destroy jobs and doesn't destroy communities. And, and that's, what, that's a tricky proposition. What, what, what do you do in a case uh, that I'm very interested in because it's in my legislative district, and that's Tonawanda Coke? I mean, you have, you know, you have some problems. In fact, they're going to be in, uh, in court on Tuesday in federal district court. Uh, but you have problems with the environment, uh, uh, you know, documented, well-documented cases with that company. But at the same time, you have workers who you, you know, you'd not like to throw out of work, right? It's a, it's a conundrum. You're, so you're, it's, you're kind it's, of straddling the fence there? Or? No, I think that uh, straddling the fence. I suppose in some ways, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's not an easy answer. And uh, I don't have anything to say about Tonawanda Coke. The, uh, the, it's, a, it's a facility that has some steel worker representation. Mm-hmm. Um, you could ask uh, them. At a certain, at, uh, whenever you talk to them, but um, well, I may be talking to them could, later today. That's correct. <laughs> uh, but it's we we are not. Un, there's not a labor leader I know who doesn't understand that global warming is a serious problem. The question for us is not to switch in a way that wipes out jobs and communities, and that's a tricky proposition. It, there's a lot of tension there between energy and that's and, and and the environment. And, uh, uh, and and jobs, That's the correct. economy. That's right. So we have to find ways to, to switch over that creates more jobs, that pay with good wages, that have benefits. And, um, and we're not there yet, Kevin. We haven't figured that out yet. All right. Well, listen, uh, you, as I said at, at the top of the show, I invited you to be my co-host today, and you were able to put together a nice uh, program uh, beginning at, uh, well, right after the uh, bottom of the news break. We'll be joined live in studio by CWA District 1 Director Deb Hayes. Uh, what, what is she going to talk about here? Well, she ha- she's a uh, director for a very uh, large uh, part of CWA, Communication Workers of America, and they're in, uh, in telecommunications, and they're also in healthcare. So I would assume that uh, we could certainly chat with Debbie about uh, health those issues for sure. Then let's preview the rest of the show at uh, after the eleven o'clock news break. We'll bring in Jim uh, Briggs from the Steelworkers. He'll be uh, with us uh, via phone. Uh, what uh, when you were thinking well, about this show? What did you want him to talk I, about? I think it's important for Jim to to uh, to talk about industrial policy in in the region and mm-hmm. in the country. Questions of economic development. And Mike Dealey from the Teachers will be here at 11:30 or shortly after 11:30. Uh, he'll be talking about, I assume, the Janus decision. I would, I would, uh, I would, I would guess it would be hard for him not to talk about. And that. and we will along the way be taking phone calls. So if yeah. our listeners want to get in on this special Labor Day edition of Hardline, certainly we'll be talking to Richard Lipsitz, my co-host, who's here now. In a few minutes, we'll be joined live in studio by the CWA's uh, Deb Hayes. Uh, and we'd love for you guys to be on board if you have a. Have a question, give us a call here, 803-0930, the number to call, 803-0930. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. That went well.
And welcome back to the program. This is Kevin Hardwick, Hardline, this uh, Labor Day weekend special edition. Richard Lipsitz, uh, president of the Western New York Area Labor Federation, is my co-host. He's still here. Uh, Richard, maybe you could introduce our uh, our guest for this half hour. Uh, my pleasure. It's uh, uh, the, this, desk, this guest is Deb Hayes, who's the... Um, What's your exact title? Director? Area director. Area director for CWA. Now, now you should know that, shouldn't you? Uh, it's area, regional, I don't know. I see. Area. We're all different. That's right. Different titles. Right. Now, 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 you're a director of the uh, CWA, the Communication Workers of America, yes. which I think of as uh, 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 telephone, Verizon. I remember the strike and all of that. But, you know, the dealings I've had as a county legislator with your members and, and, and the union has been more uh, along the line of uh, uh, health care workers. So CWA is a very diverse union. And although our roots are in the telecommunications industry and those members still make up a significant portion of our membership, we're very diversified. So we have members in healthcare and manufacturing NABIT, the behind-the-scenes folks at Channel 4 and Channel 7, the Newspaper Guild, mm -hmm. printing sector, uh, public sector. So we represent a significant... Is, is that is healthcare where your growth is? Because healthcare seems, especially in this region, is, is, is something that's growing and growing and oh. growing. And, and, you know, uh, Verizon and other companies aren't necessarily uh, keeping pace. Over the years in Western New York, we've seen incredible growth in our healthcare membership. When I first organized uh, with CWA in 1982, we had about 250 members at uh, the Visiting Nurses Association. Today we have almost 10,000 members in facilities that range from small one and two person clinics to significant uh, healthcare systems like Kaleida Health and Catholic Health. Hey, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, about the, your healthcare workers, especially Catholic Health. I know that you had a had a uh, uh, successful campaign against them a little over a year ago. But before we do that, I uh, before the break, I invited phone calls at eight zero three zero nine thirty, and I want to get to one now. Again, Richard Lipsitz is my co-host. Uh, Deb Hayes from CWA is here. We go now to the phones to Tony and Clarence. Tony, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Yeah, thank you for having a great program. Oh, you're welcome, Tony. Anytime. All right. First of all, I would like to point out that according to the economic uh, conditions we face now, there's only been in the last five years a 2.6 increase in the amount that the workers at lower pay levels, all levels, have received. Versus inflation of over 2.9 going on 3%. Now, a lot of that you don't even see because the cost of food and the cost of gasoline are not even included in consumer price index. Therefore, uh, we, the, the, the workers are getting paid a little more, but are losing out in the end because their costs are going up. Take a look at what President Trump's just done. He's canceled two, two, and a, two million people that are federal employees doing a good day's work, canceled the 2.1% increase. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in other words, workers can get a little more, but they're going to have to, but they're paying a lot more. And it's, it's just the way it is in this uh, Trump administration. Uh, all right, Tony. I'm going to I'm going to uh, let uh, let uh, Richard Lipsitz from the Labor Federation uh, handle that question. Thank you for the question, and uh, you can listen on air. Uh, Tony raises a very good point. 
uh, one which uh, we're concerned with, and that's the issue of, of wage disparity. Uh, and uh, the tax cut that was passed, while it may add certain short-term income into some paychecks, in the long term actually will lead to a much worse situation in our view. Uh, when the tax bill is due and the deficits uh, skyrocket, not only will the wages not keep up with the cost of living, which they're not right now, but social programs will be on the uh, chopping now, block. Now, now, Tony mentioned the President Trump canceling federal workers. He did. Increase. I, I saw something on social media, and everything on Facebook and Twitter, of course, is correct uh, out there on the Internet. But I saw something where he may be reconsidering that. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> who knows right. with him? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, let's let's go back to Deb Hayes from CWA. Uh, talk to me, Deb, about the uh, uh, Catholic health. And uh, and uh, there were you, you went without a contract there for some time, correct? In Catholic health, we have um, six bargaining units and three hospitals where we represent uh, almost 3,000 employees. And we were in a a very difficult, strained relationship with Catholic Health, and we were not able to efficiently, fairly represent our members. So we put a strategy together that would help us um, obtain four major goals that we had. The first was to improve the work relationship with Catholic Health because we firmly believe that when we work well with an employer, not only the patient's um, benefit, but the employee's benefit and the system benefits as well. We also wanted to establish a joint bargaining process so that we could get all of our members at one bargaining mm -hmm. table at one time. There were some economic issues that we wanted to deal with, but most importantly, there were staffing issues that really drove that campaign where nurses and other frontline caregivers felt they were not able to deliver the care that they wanted to um, at the bedside. So we put a strategy together that um, finally did get Catholic Health's attention. Uh, we negotiated a fair agreement that met all of our major objectives. And over the last 18 months have worked incredibly well with the system in terms of improving relationship and improving uh, the conditions in the hospitals. You, you know, you mentioned staffing. Um, a couple years ago, or maybe it was three years ago now, a member of CWA came before a, uh, I think it was the Health and Human Services Committee of the legislature. I think it was Sarah from uh, some CWA came. She's a nurse at one of the, I think, Catholic hospitals or Kaleida? At a Kaleida, Kaleida facility. Kaleida facility. Anyway, she was talking about staffing in general and state legislation that you had an interest in uh, that would mandate minimum staffing levels. Um, uh, and the county legislature, I think, supported that, uh, that state you legislation. Did. did the state support the state legislation? What, what, whatever happened there? So in 2016, the um, Quality for Patient Care Act was, um, the safe, safe staffing legislation was passed in the New York State Assembly, but we have not been able to have it passed in the um, Senate. We did not expect to, to make much progress this year. And then at the end of the legislative session, the governor put out a directive that said, because we have not been able to reach a, a legislative solution, as part of the budget process next year, he would give 
the Department of Health the ability to develop regulation around staffing issues. So we were very excited when we saw that memo from the governor. So that's uh, de the Department of Health is now developing regulations? It will be part of the 2019 budget process. And we believe uh, when the budget is approved, the Department of Health will be given the authority to develop regulation. All right. We have to take a quick break now. But when we come back, Richard Lipsitz, my co-host, will still be here. CWA District 1 Director Deb Hayes will be here. If you'd like to get on board, give us a call, 803-0930, 803-0930, on this special Labor Day weekend edition of Hardline. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You are listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. This is Kevin Hardwick, a special Labor Day show here, Labor Day weekend show. Uh, sitting here with me in studio, my guest co-host, uh, Richard Lipsitz of the Western New York Area Labor Federation, Deb Hayes of CWA. We have some callers on the line at 803-0930. We asked for callers, so uh, we'll do the right thing and take the calls. Uh, we go first to Mike in Lancaster. Mike, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. And thank you, Kevin, for the very interesting show on this Labor Day weekend. You're welcome. The issues the issues that are being talked about, the kind of legislation that Ms. Hayes talked about and the other important issues, simply exemplify, you know, the fact that the only real check and balance that the working class and the middle class has is organized labor. You know, the middle, the middle class was built on the back of organized labor, and, you know, it needs to be strengthened. And it needs to move forward. My, my guess is you're not going to hear any any. Uh, uh, I couldn't have put it any better myself. Yeah. Okay. Mike, thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Thank you for the right. opportunity. Let's let's go next to Bill in Chictawaga. Bill, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Hello. Hi. Um, I, a really strange situation happened with my employer um, years ago. Um, we had um, a workforce and. The employer um, left the people with the the job titles that they had. They left them at their the wage that they had. But all the new people that they hired, they hired at a different title, and they gave them a, a lower wage. And I couldn't understand how they did that, how they got away with that, since we were a union workforce. Uh, uh, Richard, is this I, a I, this I, a it, common uh, it, uh, occurrence? Well, it may be or may not be. I'd have to take a look at the labor agreement to see what was agreed to by the union. Uh, no, no labor agreements uh, go into effect without them being ratified by the rank and file at a given workplace. Mm -hmm. That isn't to say that there are times when certain things go into a contract which aren't necessarily. It was, uh, it was in the middle of a contract that it happened. Well, I, again, I, Bill, there's no way for me to. I Bill, are you are, are are you still currently represented by a union? Yes. Yeah. Uh, your advice would be to talk to talk the, to the, absolutely talk to the good. local talk to the local Bill. Thank you for thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. Uh, we drop off Bill. Go ahead and ask a few questions. But if you'd like that line that Bill uh, Bill had eight zero three zero nine thirty the number to call eight zero three zero nine thirty. Um, Richard, let me let me ask you a question. I talked about uh, my growing up there being no uh, Labor Day parades in Binghamton that I can recall of. Uh, do you recall your first Labor Day parade? It had to be your dad. Was, your dad was a big, who j recently passed away, right. was a big union lawyer. He, he was, but yeah. I, it wasn't as a result of, uh, of that relationship. It was a result I was working for the um, Teamsters at the time, and uh, there used to be a parade that started in Williamsville, and uh, that was disbanded after a few years. But we had a float there, so I guess it's probably 
93. All right. Well, uh, you, as as I've been announcing all day long, are our guest uh, mm-hmm. co-host today, mm-hmm. Richard uh, Lipsitz of the Western New York Area Labor Federation. Deb Hayes is uh, someone you brought in, the CWA uh, um, representative. Uh, earn your money. <laughs> Ask her a question. Um, well, Deb and I go back a long way, but uh, what I would, uh, I'd like her to speak to is the the uh, broad social issues that CWA in particular uh, feels very strongly about. It's a, it's an, it's a union that's noted for uh, caring about uh, people who are not necessarily members of the union as well as their own members in a very strong way. So perhaps Debbie could just talk about that for a moment. So I'm very proud of the work that CWA does on a number of issues related to social justice, to um, economic justice, to the environment, um, health care uh, reform is a significant issue for me being a nurse and working uh, in that industry, representing people in that industry. Um, in this country uh, where we spend an incredible percentage of our um, gross uh, domestic product on health care, we rank among the lowest of industrialized nations terms of the product that we're able to put out. So to me, it's distressing that in this country, this wonderful country of ours, we still have approximately 30 million Americans who do not have access to health care. And the impact of that on their health and then what happens when they seek access to the healthcare delivery or to the healthcare system because of an urgent medical condition is really difficult. And um, your organization is unique in that it represents uh, industrial workers, uh, service workers, and then a big contingent in Western New York, anyhow, in the healthcare field. That's right. And uh, so, therefore, it's one of the key questions for our union movement that we don't just look at only the interests of the particular uh, bargaining unit, but we have to have a broader sense. Well, well I, think, I think I mentioned earlier when Sarah from your union, right. CWA, came to the county legislature, I mean, one of the things that impressed me most is that uh, uh, with the staffing levels in hospitals is that eventually many of us will end up in those hospital beds and uh, we'll need the help of uh, your members. That's right. The estimate is is that by I, I mean there's self-interest here there, you know there, there by 2030 we will have about 20 percent of U.S residents um, as senior citizens and there is no question that people will be in large numbers accessing the system and our concern is number one that we're able to provide the care that the patients need. And that number two, um, uh, healthcare workers are not under duress because the responsibilities they have on the job are more than they can handle. Let's, uh, we got a break coming up at 11 o'clock. Uh, let's try to squeeze in one more call. Let's go to John in Buffalo. John, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Yeah, I just wanted to mention the fact that if you're pro-union or pro-American worker, you ought to be buying an American car. And not just American cars, but refrigerators, stoves, washers, and dryers. Uh, it's easy for the politicians or union members to say, yeah, I care about the American worker, 
But you have a choice, and uh, the choice is to buy American. If you're buying foreign cars and foreign products, do you think the Germans are going to pay your Social Security, or do you think that the uh, Japanese or Koreans are going to pay your pension or your Medicare? That's a that, that, that's an excellent question. Thank you for uh, thank you for putting that on the table, John. Uh, that was John in Buffalo. A line opens up eight zero three zero nine thirty. If you want that line, uh, just for the record, I, I checked uh, your car uh, as you came in. You were waiting for me in the parking lot. It is a Chevy. <laughs> thank you. And Thanks I drove up. You saw. You will. You know. You will verify. It was a Ford that I drove up in. <laughs> but you know, this is this, this is something. I would imagine there are a lot of union members out there. There may even be some union officials who are buying. You know, other than Ford and Chevy, I mean, is, is I think on the union official side, not that many. Not that many uh, union members, of course. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a real world. It's a big economy, and, and we and have, they're buying their clothes, and they're not probably looking for the union label. Sometimes they uh, they don't use union products when they could, and we we have an official policy that when you have the opportunity to use the union product, you should. Uh, Deb, we got a, about a minute left. Deb Hayes from uh, CWA Communication Workers of America. Um, uh, what do you see in the next uh, year, between now and next Labor Day? Uh, what are the hopes for, for your particular union? For, for CWA, um, our hopes are many. Um, this is going to be a critical election for us. Um, we are working very actively for uh, politicians who believe in our principles, it's important for us to make sure that we're able to protect Social Security so that the American labor force, but also other American workers, will have the protection of a system that they've invested in. Medicare for all is something that always, always comes to the top of um, my list. Um, we want to continue to work on the environmental issues that are plaguing our country and we have um the safe staffing legislation that Which we, we are talked about earlier Listen, so Deb, excited Deb Hayes, about uh, from cwa want to thank you for being here richard lipsitz is going to be uh, uh holding over and when we get back we'll be talking to a representative of the steelworkers in the meantime i'm kevin hardwick you're listening to hardline on news radio 930 wben